0: My family is from Cambodia, from Batambang, Cambodia. To be precise, I was born and raised in the Bronx, New York. I was the first one born in the United States. When I was 19, I spent a month and a half in Batambang with my father. And every morning, I would wake up to the sound of roosters crowing, which is a sound I still love to this day. I love it. I love that sound, it's such a rich sound and it carries and just really fills up a space. Such a good sound. So I'd wake up in the dark at about 6am to the roosters crowing and I would go downstairs because we were in like a wooden house you know and a lot of the houses there are built on stilts so you have the house upstairs and downstairs I wonder whose dog that is and downstairs you have just like a lounge area that's in the shade because it's underneath the house so I would go downstairs, I would go to, like, there were, like, out showers and out toilets, so I'd go take a quick shower, cold shower, which was just, you know, water that had been funneled into a huge drum, and, um, a bucket, like, a little, a little bowl, and I'd that would be my shower. And then I would go to the toilets, which was like a squatty thing in an outhouse. Um, and then my dad would get ready. I don't know how the timing worked with this, but then my dad would wake up and he would get ready and would take him a lot less time than it took me. And we would hop on a motorbike. We could have walked. I don't know why we always took the motorbike. <laughs> and um we'd go to this little restaurant for breakfast. In Cambodia, what we would have for breakfast is gthail, which is, if you've ever had Vietnamese pho, it's essentially the same thing. It's this really delicate soup. It's a noodle soup and like this really, um, in a clear broth that's quite flavorful, but also quite uh, delicate in the flavor um, the broth is, like, made from bones and some seasonings, and it's, you know, they stew it for hours, and then you add the noodles, and you add, you know, some chunks of meat, some slices of beef, depending on what you want, some chopped vegetables, everything is light, you know, except for the meat, the, the hardest, densest part of the meal, the soup is the meat, which is awesome, so we would have bowls of that for breakfast. And I would also have... Iced coffee. So both Cambodia and Vietnam were colonized by the French. And there are lots of similarities in the cuisine. C'teo or, um, c'teo or pho. Vietnamese pho. Cambodian c'teo, Vietnamese pho. That's one of them. Uh, but we also have the same coffee. So it's basically espresso that's made with something called a fin filter it's um it's just like it's nothing fancy it's basically just a cup with some holes in it and then you put the grinds in there's a lid that you screw down the lid also has holes in it and then you pour the hot water into it and then there's another lid with no holes The coffee drips through, the water drips through the grinds very slowly. It takes like a good two minutes to have, you know, like a single espresso. So I would have that as an iced coffee. Usually you have that served with condensed milk, right? So I would have that as an iced coffee. So you get a tall glass, you fill it with ice, you put put in some condensed milk, and then they bring over the fin filter. The fin filter sitting on top of the glass, dripping coffee already, um, and then you just wait for it to finish, and then you mix it all up, and you have this delicious, amazing, incredible iced coffee drink. I was not supposed to be consuming any of the ice because it was made with local water, and you know my digest my digestive system could not handle it. So I was, I, sorry to be so graphic, but I had the runs every day. And I remember just the every day I'd be sick and every day I'd be like, worth it. Totally worth it. Anyway, so my dad and I would go and we'd have breakfast every morning. And, you know, when I first got there, that was my second time in Cambodia. And when I first arrived that trip for most of the, that trip for weeks, You know, when you go to a foreign place, I mean, even for me, it's a foreign country, right? Everyone is just one big glob of other, you know? Maybe it's because so much of it is so overwhelming. It's such a huge difference culturally in terms of living conditions, in terms of expected behavior, um, even just the way people look you know I come from New York it's very diverse um so to have everyone you know have it be sort of homogenous everyone very easily just was one big or part of one big group of other um and one day I realized that you know, I would say hi to people all the time. Like the neighbors, like not people that were part of the family, but the neighbors, people in the street and things like this. And one day I realized I noticed, oh, like that's the woman, you know, with the missing front tooth. And that's the guy with like, uh, the, who walks with a limp, you know? <laughs> it sounds like these are degenerates, but these are the things I remember. Um, and I was telling this to my dad, how, how, oh, look, like, I've been here long enough that I can start to tell the difference between people, as opposed to just seeing them all as one big blob of other. And my dad, my dad was always kind of withdrawn. Um, yeah, my dad was like, there but very emotionally and i would say even psychologically withdrawn and so he looks up at me and i remember the look in his eye like his eyes lit up and it was as if he was not only was it as if he was seeing me for the very first time but it was as if he was seeing me as an intelligent person for the very first time I was 19 years old, and I remember just, like, seeing this flash of surprise dance across his eyes, you know, and I never forgot the way he looked at me, and just, like, in that moment, in that moment, I just thought, you stupid fucking asshole, (laughs) you know, like, this is really the first fucking time the first fucking time you can acknowledge me as like a thinking person (laughs) it's very upsetting my dad (sighs) my parents are so different and they're so intelligent but in very different ways. Together they make, I think, the perfect person, honestly. They couldn't appreciate each other's differences. They couldn't get it together and work as a team. When you think about the kind of relationship I want you know when I was like throughout throughout my late teens early 20s, early to mid 20s I was involved with someone long distance and it was always like you know someday someday like we're gonna live our lives and then someday we're gonna get married and we're gonna do this thing and at first like You know i was really excited about that and then i started to realize i didn't really want to have children but really deep down inside i knew that i did not want to have children with him i also also knew that it was very important to him to have children he really wanted to be a dad i thought this guy is going to be a great dad he's going to be a wonderful dad. And he's a wonderful man. And he's a dad now. And I'm sure he's a great dad. But did I want to raise children with him? Would I enjoy raising children with him? And the answer was no. And I remember he was like, I'm going to be so pissed off if you ever have kids with someone else, because that was like the excuse, right? Like, I don't want to have kids. doesn't matter now, but I just think about these things, you know, you meet so many people, and you're like, this person would be a great parent to someone, but can they be a great parent and a great partner, will it be fun, you know, when I was doing the exercise and calling in the one, I mean, I have been thinking about this for a while now, but one of the things I want is to be so in love with the life that I create with a partner. And I want him what if what if it's not him? I want this other person to also be so completely in love with the life that we are creating and with the journey that we are on and the discoveries whether they're joyful, whether they're full of pain and sorrow, as to be expected, that's, like, huge for me. You know, in the last episode, I talked about this fucking motorcycle. It's a truck. It's a big truck. In the last episode, I talked about, you know, things kind of falling away. And um, I've been thinking a lot about resentment and disappointment and bitterness, right? I mean, I feel like. You know, I think it's so important when you don't feel great about something to let yourself ride out those feelings. If you've read anything by Peter Levine, I love I love Peter Levine. I know there's also this book called The Body Keeps Score. I've never read it. I got a lot out of Peter Levine's stuff, like Waking the Tiger and uh, something else he wrote. Um, I love Peter Levine's stuff. So you know, I understand if I'm like sitting in and I have this negative feeling, I need to sit with it and let myself sit with it and ride it out to its conclusion. To its full natural conclusion. Otherwise it's it remains stored in my body as trauma. But then once you allow yourself to get to the end of that feeling, I don't know, I'm, I'm visualizing like a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow as trite and cliche as that sounds. Because once you allow yourself to get to the end of it, you know, what is there but kind of relief? I went through such a hard time these last few years. And part of me is still holding on to, I don't know, like disappointment and like bitterness. I'm just a little, you know, I'm doing stuff to let it go. But the biggest thing that's helping me let it go is being extremely grateful for where I am and I used to use gratitude as a survival mechanism to just help me get through the day without necessarily having it sink beneath the surface and like without really feeling it in my body you know And now I get that when you feel true, genuine, sincere gratitude, and this is not an admonishment. This is just, you know, an older woman. (laughs) I'm not that old, but me sharing what I've experienced through the last few years, um, but now that I experience gratitude in a different way, and maybe, you know, I'm not done. I'm not dead. So maybe my relationship with gratitude will continue to change. That That's kind of cool, right? I can, I can talk about how I experience it these days. It's like being grateful for the way my life is right now in this moment. There's no room. There's no room to like sit around and be upset about what either happened or didn't happen in the past. You know? Like, there's no room for that shit. And I... I know... that... I know that I have to let things go. And the thing is, like... I'm gonna have to be doing this all the time, like, for the rest of my life. Like, that's how shit is, you know? It's not like... It's not like it's not like you you accomplish something and then you're done. It's like forever it's ongoing, so I try not to be too hard on myself, but the stop, but these things come up, you know they're coming up for me. I think that's why. I want to stay on this boat. I mean, I'm in this little village where like nothing is happening. Um, Like nothing is happening. I go play billiards sometimes. Let me tell you about this billiards place. It's not a pool hall like you would find in the US. It is a billiards establishment that consists of exactly two tables. thankfully there's one american style table with pockets that i can use and the guys who go there every night they play this other table that has no pockets and they're really into that they think that's like the coolest thing and i'm like great i will take the easy table that no one touches (laughs) um that's like the most exciting thing i do here and part of me is like a lot of people are like what are you doing there and part of me is kind of wondering the same thing because I don't do much quite frankly I don't do much but I think you know I have the luxury of this time and space to just like sit and beg oh my god I'm like begging like please I don't want to carry any of this stuff anymore I don't want to carry any of these things. Just, just help me get rid of them. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you think of me, like, just for fuck's sake, like, I'm done. I'm done with this shit, you know? Help me let it go. Take it. Can you take it? You take it. I'm gonna hand it off to you like a hot potato. I don't know how to describe it. It's a weird feeling, like it's a it's weird to like feel better than i've ever felt but also i think this is maturity well i guess this is growing up to quote my favorite band blink 182 well i guess this is growing up (laughs) that album got me through some dark times as a teenager let me tell you anyway um yeah if things are going to really come to a close then i really need to let shit go and it's not just letting these guys go i mean i feel like i've done some cord cutting exercises which is like oh call to prayer um so it's easy on a boat because i don't know if i've actually talked about this it's easy on a boat because you know there are lines like ropes they're called lines on a boat and you know you have to fold them up and put them away and things and it's it makes the visualization so much easier to draw up the lines and visualize each individual strand as another connection and then you know cut those. those connections and say thank you so much thank you for everything i'm ready to move forward without this now thank you for everything but i'm ready to move forward without this how annoying is call to prayer i actually really enjoy it but maybe not when i'm trying to record something um I actually think it's really beautiful, yeah, but it's not just about letting those connections go. I mean, those connections are always representative of something that I'm carrying around. And sometimes it's like, honestly, sometimes I'm just being mean to myself. some of these guys were mean. Not that I wasn't mean to them too, but... Sometimes it's just, like last week, like, not trusting myself. By the way, the one that I've been in touch with for years, or had been in touch with for years, he would also reach out to me, okay? I wasn't desperately chasing him. (laughs) I think that's a good place to end this also because this is going to go on for a long time this call to prayer Um, thank you a million times for being here I really, I know that I saw that I'm doing this just for myself but obviously I've experienced other people sharing their insights and storytelling you know even like when my friends send me voice messages I learn so much from them and just like it triggers thoughts in me and so I hope that this can somehow do something similar for you um yeah thank you so much for being here ciao for now